What's up, soccer player? Today, we are sitting down with a registered dietitian who is an expert in plant-based sports nutrition. Um, today, she's gonna we're going to talk about um, veganism and best practice um, to perform better on the field with this kind of uh, diet. So without further ado, let's go dive into the episode. Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six-pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important? If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It is me, your co-host, Andy, with my main man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? Good, man. Feeling blessed. I got some stuff accomplished today. I took a nap, which has not happened in like five months. Nice. Uh, yeah, I worked on all my Instagram content today without distraction. It took me like two hours, which was my best record. That's good. I, I, yeah. I, I finished my meal plan. Like I'm, I'm free. Man, how about every, you, bro? Every we Sunday we talk around this time, and you always make me feel like a bum because everything I'm supposed to do, you already did already, and I'm just like six hours behind. <laughs> I told you, you know, I told you meal prepping, man, is, is you, you gotta, my, my thing is simple. Some, some, some broccoli, uh, drumstick, potatoes, and then I go home and then I get my mom's food so that I don't have to cook much. That's why I'm able to be done because my mom cooks as well. And I go home and grab some food. So mm. I have like two meals for the rest of the week. <laughs> so now I don't feel guilty. You're not even meal prepping. You're, you're you know, making some rice maybe before all the hard... No, Man. no, my mom does that. My mom okay. does that. I'm not okay. good at the rice yet. I can't figure out the the, the water ratio. Kevin, man, come on. You got to trial by fire. You got to get better. Yeah, man. But anyway, we have an important guest today. Um, we're going to talk about veganism and really the best practice for you guys to actually get the best on the field with veganism. And without further ado, welcome Tara Gallimore. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. I was telling Andy before like we had a we had a podcast on on veganism before. And I'm not sure if it was veganism or uh something else, but I, we felt like we didn't really do it justice. Mm. So when I met you on Instagram and you you were so passionate about veganism and about how it is in sports and how it's people are batching it. So we're like, hmm, okay, um, I'd like to have her on so she can set us straight, so she can educate us a little bit. And then this is how we got to <laughs> to here today. So please um tell the listeners who you are and uh, what you do and yeah. Okay, absolutely. And I'm really excited to be here because I actually played soccer for a good 10 years. It is my absolute favorite sport. Um, and I've been vegan for eight years. And what's interesting mm. is those two things did not overlap. So I did not ever play soccer as a vegan. Uh. But I hope to in the future, 
now that things are opening up. Um, but yeah, in terms of me, so yes, I am a registered dietitian and an expert in plant-based sports nutrition. I live in Canada, in Montreal. And in terms of a little bit of background, so I did earn a bachelor's degree in kinesiology and I teach sports nutrition at the National Circus School here in Montreal. And I have a, a practice, I guess you could say, where I actually teach vegan, vegetarian, and curious, <laughs> veggie curious people <laughs> who are active or athletes to achieve their performance goals um, while maintaining a healthy relationship with food, because that can be an issue for some athletes. But regardless, yeah, that, that's a little bit about me. Man, talking about niching down, huh? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Talk about niching down soccer players, and then you go from that to, okay, let's focus on the nutrition aspect, and let's focus on veganism. That's That's a good niche. That's a good niche. It's super specific. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I think it's a really good person to learn from because I do remember in our last episode about um, vegan practices, we kind of roasted it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) At least I did, to put it lightly. Um, And I can imagine if there were soccer players out there listening, they probably made it about five minutes in and clicked the pause button and possibly the unsubscribe one as well. Um, So it's good to have somebody who knows what they're talking about and has experience in this to give us a new perspective. Um, because chances are, if you're a soccer player out there, right, we're not going to change or I guess convert you um, and whatever you're doing for your diet. Um, we're here to support you with whatever you're currently doing. And if you are vegan or if you have a teammate or a player who is, um, we're here to support you and give you the information that you need. So Tara, I'm, I'm kind of confused um about veganism and and you know vegetarian i'm trying to figure out if they're one and the same what is veganism that yeah that's a really good question so i'd like to actually give you the definition of veganism according to the vegan society and then i think i can springboard from that into the differences from a dietary perspective because i imagine that that's more what we're interested in between vegetarianism and veganism okay so the definition of veganism again according to the vegan society is veganism is a philosophy and way of living which seeks to exclude as far as is possible and practical all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, oh. or any other purpose. Oh, um, wow. There's more to the definition, but I'll stop there. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay. That so, is... Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so wait, one second. This has nothing to do with um with, with diet <laughs> from, from what you just said. This, this is almost a, like a semi-religion. Like, Yeah, wow, this is okay. like a... Like a is, is, it, is it like a... I feel like this is like an ideology. Am I, am yeah. I, oh, I agree. Okay. I agree. It's definitely an ideology. Yeah. And it, of course, extends into what people eat. Absolutely. Um, so no wonder, like, I get, like, a mean eye when I talk about veganism in, 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 in a different way. So it's this is like a lifestyle. This is like a... Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, very much so. Actually... 
people watching can't see this, but on my back wall, I have like a cow art. That I bought. That's 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 not Can veganism, Kara. That's not <laughs> for veganism. my clients. I thought it was cute and funny. <laughs> that is not veganism. <laughs> so anything that has to do with animal cruelty and whatnot, it, it's it's it should not you. I guess, I guess veganism don't deal with. Now, are you like a hardcore veganism or you just like you take the best principle out of, out of veganism and leave the rest? <laughs> I would consider myself pretty hardcore, but honestly, I think that there are so many different people who are vegan who practice it in such different ways just based on your own ability. And I think something that's really important about the definition is that you're doing it as far as is possible and practicable for you. Okay. So if you don't have access to the information that you need to do certain things, or if you don't have access to whatever it is, if you don't have money, um, from my perspective, and according to the definition, you can definitely be excused for that. You know what I mean? Like, I think you're going to have vegans eating differently and living their lives differently, even if they feel really hardcore about it personally. Mm -hmm. hmm. Does that make sense? No, it, it, does. Does. it does. It does. Yeah. So how does this kind of differ from what you were talking about earlier, the more diet based um, definition? Yeah. So in terms of diet, typically what a vegan diet entails is that you're not including any animal products in your diet. So that includes any kind of meat or fish or poultry. That also includes dairy products. That also includes eggs and honey as well. Oh, Although from I've, the bees. Okay. Yeah. I definitely, I think... Honey seems to be a little bit of a contentious one. I think there's certainly people who are identify as vegan and feel very passionately about it, and they'll still eat honey from maybe like a local mm -hmm. beekeeper or whatnot. But I think it is an animal product. So technically, um, if you're not comfortable with animal products, then you might be avoiding honey as a vegan as well. Whereas vegetarianism is, from a dietary perspective, again, is really similar, but you would add back in honey and dairy products and eggs because those don't involve well they do involve killing an animal but i think like from a, again from a nutrition perspective they don't involve any meat so vegetarianism mm, okay. is just no meat no fish mm -hmm. and then veganism is excluding all of the other animal products in addition to that wow okay yeah this is uh this is uh this is all new information I'm getting school right now, and so <clears throat> there's the there's <laughs> oh, the culture side, and then there's the diet side, and basically from what you mentioned, anything that is not related to animal, basically. So it's all plant, it's all plant based. Yes, exactly. Okay. So in terms of a plant based diet, there are people who eat a plant based diet that doesn't include any animal products, and they don't necessarily identify as vegan because for them, eating plant based is just a matter of what they're eating, they might still do things like buy leather or fur or go to the zoo or whatever. So for them, it's purely just a dietary thing. And so often people who eat, you could consider it a vegan diet, but often people will say that they eat plant-based because they're excluding animal products, but they're, they don't identify as vegan. Oh, okay. Okay. So um, how'd you so get... I How'd you get, how'd you get, how'd you become a vegan? What, what pushed you 
to, to uh, <laughs> go to that that kind of lifestyle? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I was so I did a business degree actually before I studied kinesiology, and when I was doing that, I was taking a bunch of philosophy classes, a lot of moral philosophy classes. I thought they were super interesting. And one of my professors was really into Buddhist philosophy. Hmm. And so she was talking to us about animals and the ways in which people use them for various purposes and how that fits into, I don't know, ethics from various standpoints. And she really inspired me. Her name is Dr. Miri Albahari. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I think so. But um, yeah, she's a philosophy professor that kind of inspired me. But I didn't go vegan or vegetarian at the time. It, the idea was just kind of floating around in my head. And I kind of thought, okay, when I move out, I'd be interested in this. And then I did move out. Um, I, I did an exchange in England and then New Zealand after that. And so when I was living in New Zealand, I was actually roommates with um, a person who was vegetarian and he was studying environmental psychology. And so he was talking a lot about the environmental impacts of animal agriculture. I guess mm-hmm. that's part of what he was studying. And I considered myself to be an environmentalist. So learning from him and reading a little bit more about it kind of inspired me to go vegetarian. And then I went all the way vegan when I moved to Montreal to do my master's in nutrition. And during the very first week, we had the opportunity to do a dairy farm tour because Mm. there's a dairy farm at the McDonald campus where I was studying. And I'd always been curious, like, how are the cows treated? Like, I, I really, really wanted to know what it was like. So I decided to go on this dairy farm tour And that was the point where I decided like, I can't eat dairy products anymore. I was just really uncomfortable with what I saw. Mm. And it was an award-winning dairy farm. It's not like they were abusing the cows or anything like that. They were treating them well. It was pretty normal, but I didn't like it. I felt really uncomfortable with some of the things that I saw. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. So do you find that your reasoning is very common among people who decide to go vegan or are there different reasons people decide to do that? That's a really good question. I think, oh, I I don't. So I actually did my master's on vegetarianism, the barriers to vegetarianism. And I just can't remember the exact proportions, but I think the majority of people who decide to go vegan or vegetarian do it for animal rights or environmental reasons. And the rest of the people who do it, do it for health reasons. I can't remember the percentages though. Mm, Might be around 55, 45, pretty close. Mm -hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what do you find that most um, athletes that decide to go vegan, like, first of all, when does that that decision generally happened, like around what age or where they're at in life? That's a good question. So it appears that most people will do it when they're a little bit younger. And when I say younger, I mean like teens, 20s, 30s. It's a little bit more rare that people will do it after that age, although you certainly absolutely do see people doing that. And I myself have worked with people who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s who are interested in veganism for various reasons. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Got you. 
I and, wasn't expecting um, <clears throat> teen because most teens, when you think about it, it's th- their parents are preparing their food. Um, so for them to have this this kind of, I guess, uh, power to to say, hey, I'm eating this today. I'm not I'm not eating meat anymore. When uh, your mom is actually, I know in a Haitian household that would have been impossible. So <laughs> just thinking about it, just like wow, like you decided to switch your diet. Because if I, if, even my mom, like if if she cooks something and I don't eat it, it's it it feels like it's a slap in the face to her. So you know, I can't it imagine. Is. <laughs> no, to them it is. So I can't yeah. imagine, you know, a parent. Um, you know, the a kid telling your parents that, hey, I'm, I'm switching to um, uh, veganism and actually have all the rationale behind it. It's 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 not a, it's not I don't think it's an easy decision to make. Definitely. Definitely. I think you're right. And I think it happens more commonly once people have actually moved out. Uh, OK, but you're right. Like when I was considering it, I was living with my parents and I was like, there is no way. I'm also from a Caribbean household. <laughs> my parents are from Jamaica and Guyana. And I thought there is absolutely no way. I'm not even going to ask them because I know what the answer is going to be. Maybe I'm not giving my parents enough credit. Like maybe they'll listen to this and be like, mm. you know, Tara, if you had just told us, we would have supported you. But I don't know. At the time, I just kind of felt like I don't think that this is reasonable to ask, so I'm going to wait till I move out. Hmm. Mm, okay, okay. Now, gotcha. Let's switch a little bit. Let's talk about the, the performance-wise, because on a previous podcast, we mentioned that it's going to be very, very hard to actually perform your best on a vegan diet. Now, let's answer that simple question, right? Can soccer player perform as well on a vegan diet? as if the tradition and the traditional American diet, so to say? That's a really good question. And the short answer is yes, but there's definitely a caveat. You want that diet to be a well-planned diet. In fact, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics in the U.S. and Dietitians of Canada in Canada have both stated, I think since around the mid-1980s, that a well-planned underline well-planned vegan or vegetarian diet can support people through all ages, all stages of the life cycle from birth to death. And that includes athletes. So you can, it's just that you definitely want to make sure that you have the information that you need in order to make that change. Because if you do it and you end up missing out on crucial nutrients, that can negatively affect your performance. But if you're doing it in a well-planned way and you have the right information, then it does not affect performance. And what's interesting is that there was this documentary that came out. I don't know if you've heard yeah, about it, no, The Game no, Changers. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have not. I feel left I, out. What's, what's the deal with this documentary? I felt, I felt like it was like a whole propaganda. But then again, that was, that was just what I took from it. <laughs> I think a lot of documentaries can come across as propaganda. Yeah. I think anytime a docu a documentary often has a, a singular purpose. And I think the game changers purpose was to convince men to go vegan. That is how I interpreted that documentary. Um, Andy, it's a documentary about uh, athletes and veganism and how plant-based diets can support performance. Mm. And what I personally, as a dietitian who knows a lot about plant-based diets took from that documentary 
And maybe I'm, I was seeing it with my own rose colored glasses because I know this subject so well. But what I took from it is that there is no difference in performance. You can be vegan, you can eat meat, you're not going to experience any sort of superior performance with either one because that's what the studies show. But I think the documentary was a little bit more biased in terms of these are all the benefits of being vegan as an athlete and your performance is going to increase. And I was looking actually today at a number of soccer players who went vegan in order to increase their performance. And of course, you're never going to get that information on soccer players who went vegan, found that it didn't help with their performance or made it worse and then switched back because all the ones who are talking about it are still vegan and they're really happy with it. (laughs) So again, it's kind of biased. But all the soccer players that I read about who had adopted a plant-based diet said that it helped them with their recovery. They said that it was helpful. And there are aspects of vegan diets that can be helpful with recovery because they're so high in carbohydrates compared to meat-based diets. Hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that for everybody going vegan is going to increase your performance. I think that that might be too high of an expectation to put on the diet. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like in some cases when, when you do go vegan, what, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you automatically cut out a lot of things that people often eat too much of that don't support like an athletic lifestyle for example like if you go vegan now you can't go get four for four at wendy's anymore right Hmm. and then now your performance is better right but was Hmm. it the veganism or was it you just stopped eating wendy's you know so like that's where i feel like it gets a little bit tricky um but yeah it's also interesting to hear um like what do you think about athletes who always have been vegan and they've improved in the ranks of athleticism that way or someone who was not vegan and got to a high point in their athletic career and then decides to switch because i feel like when people are growing and developing and getting better then they might need that extra boost but once they're at that level then maybe it's a little bit easier to maintain that's a really good question in terms of when in your career or even in your life when you go vegan and and the effects on your performance, as far as I know, there really is no difference. You can do it when you're new, when you're developing, you can do it as well when you're established. I really think that the main thing to keep in mind is that you really want it to be well-planned. You want to make sure that you know how to get enough protein, that you know how to get all the vitamins and minerals you need. You know how to get B12, you know how to get iodine, you know how to get DHA omega-3s, like all the specific things that vegans might be lacking in. You need to make sure that you're educated on how am I going to get these and incorporate these into my diet in the right amounts. So yeah, in terms of when, I think that's less important, but I will agree with you because, um, Oh, shoot. You were saying something that I really agreed with. Right. You were saying something about the things that vegans don't eat. Mm. And what's really interesting is that there there are studies suggesting that it's not actually what vegans don't eat that's helping them in terms of their health. It's what they do eat that people who eat meat don't tend to eat a lot of. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like vegans, for example, tend to eat more beans, a lot more beans, a lot more lentils. The average 
person in the United States or in Canada might not incorporate those types of things on a weekly or daily basis. They might not eat as many vegetables as a vegan or a vegetarian might eat. A vegan or vegetarian might eat more fruit. They might eat a lot more nuts and seeds. So it's more so though, and soy actually, I'm including that in beans, but I just feel like it deserves a special mention. But all of those things are things that someone who's not vegan might not go out of their way to eat, but they're great for your health and they can be great for your performance as well, depending on the thing. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. I was scrolling through your feed actually. And I was straight up. I was like, I don't eat any of this. Oh, I do. do Oh, you do. Okay. Okay. All of the stuff that Tara posts. (laughs) I (laughs) I do. I do eat nuts. I eat vegetable. Though I need to switch it up a little bit, though. But yeah, some other stuff's like I I, I would agree. Um, you know, most of us um, will focus mainly on okay, let me get the carbs there, let me get the protein, let me get the fat, and then that's it. Uh, then you start taking into account okay, there's like this vitamin. Am I getting this vitamin from this meat and that meat and this and that? Um, and yeah, and all the antioxidant, all the all the stuff. That you know that should be in a well um, balanced diet that you won't you won't really get from, I guess I would say a traditional American diet. But then again, a traditional American diet doesn't kind of suck anyway when you think about the stuff that people are eating. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, qu- quick question though. Um, so the people you're working with, right, Tara? Who are like who are these people? Not because the reason why I asked this is because I'm thinking of a, I don't know, say like a 23, 24 year old um, soccer player who decided to switch to veganism, right? All excited, saw the saw the the game changer documentary and decided to make a switch right here and there. Uh, excited to for this new lifestyle, then started in, started eating more vegetable, but then again started noticing uh, a decrease in performance, right? Who, who, who do you work with that are, that are switching to veganism? Because the way you said it, right, it's, it's a lot of research. It's a lot of research to figure out what to eat. And uh, I don't want to go on a limb here and say, but... I think most soccer players really, you know, do they have the time to actually put in to know all the stuff that they need to incorporate in their diet now that they, they switch? That's why I'm asking who are those people? Are those people like actually gun ho going to do all the research or all those people that are coming into you because they have a particular problem and they still want to stick to that diet and they, they need to figure out what else they can do? Because I feel like you switch to this this. Um, lifestyle and there's a whole lot of research that need to be put on this. Definitely. And I would say that it's definitely a mix of people that would work with me. I work with some athletes who have been vegan for a long time and they just want to make sure that they're getting the nutrients they need and they want to make sure that their diet is supporting their high level of physical activity because perhaps, you know, especially after the pandemic, people mm-hmm. might have stopped doing activity for a long time and then they're getting back into it and they just want to make sure that their diet is supporting them and that they have all the information they need. And some of these people are super well researched. They've done tons okay. of reading. 
Um, and then I also work with people who are relatively new to veganism, who learned about it, who tried it for a few months. Sometimes they're feeling pretty good and just want to make sure that they continue to feel good and don't develop any deficiencies. And some of the people that I work with have been vegan for maybe like six months to a year and they're starting, they felt great at the beginning and then they're starting to notice some declines in their performance. They're starting to feel tired and they're wondering if it could be related to their diet. And at this point, they've been vegan for so long that they've learned about all the animal rights stuff and they don't really want to go back to eating meat. So they're kind of wondering, okay, how can I stay in this lifestyle and still support my performance and get back to how I felt when I first went vegan and I was full of energy. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So what do those people, because I feel like the people who feel like their, their performance is dropping, that is what I feel like would make a athlete want to make a change. So when you do speak to those people, what kind of changes do you suggest? That's a good question. It it really varies depending on exactly what it is that the person is dealing with. But usually I want to make sure that they're getting enough vitamin B12. That's like the number one thing that I'll That's do number one right away. Huh. No, no, just, just keep going, keep going. Sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that they're getting enough vitamin B12 because vitamin b12 you cannot get that from a vegan diet i mean you can get it from foods that are fortified with vitamin b12 but doing it that way can be very difficult whereas getting it from a supplement is so much easier you don't have to do any weird calculations to make sure that you're getting enough um i don't want to go into too much detail and like bore you with the specifics of vitamin b12 but like it's a supplement that has to be chewed for example and not swallowed there's just things that you have to keep in mind for certain vitamins. And so I guess B12 is one of the big ones. I'll always make sure as soon as someone says that they've been vegan for like six to 12 months, that's the point during which your vitamin B12 stores might be low if you haven't been supplementing or you haven't been supplementing properly. So I will definitely like, that's one of the first things that we'll talk about. What's uh, how is B12 related to performance? Can you give me like a quick synopsis? Yeah. Energy levels. It is involved in energy levels. It allows your red blood cells to split and multiply. If you don't have enough B12, the red blood cells will grow really big, but the, the cell wall or whatnot, or no, your blood red blood cells do not have a cell wall because we're human and not plant, but regardless, <laughs> the, the cell membrane, so like the outer part of your red blood cells, uh -huh. the, the blood cell will get really big so that it can try to split in two, but it can't the cell membrane can't come together to actually split into two separate cells. So it'll just keep getting bigger and bigger. And these very large inefficient red blood cells don't do a very good job of delivering oxygen. So the main, uh, the outcome of this is that you feel exhausted. Uh, okay. So less Makes stamina, sense. you can't last for 90 minutes on the field, you're exhausted. And that really hinder your performance, your technique, your mental acuity. Okay. Yes. And you're not going to feel this at the beginning because your vitamin B12 stores are good and they're going to be good for a, six months to a year. It's not until after that point, if you haven't been supplementing or haven't been supplementing properly, that you'll actually start to feel these side effects. And it can be pretty serious because if you have a long-term vitamin B12 deficiency, some of those side effects can become permanent and irreversible, even if you start Whoa. supplementing. So you want to make sure that you're doing it properly and that you're you know what you're doing and perhaps you're working with someone who can help you. 
Wow. Irreversible damage. It sounds like anyone who actually wants to switch to veganism, you need to actually have a coach. Because you <laughs> yeah. can't just be on the whim. You can't just be, all right, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And, be and done. like, even in the back of my head right now, I'm thinking like, man, if I'm a player and um, I perform poorly for four months and it's because of this <sighs> vitamin D12 deficiency, that could cost me a contract. A lot. And I was also thinking, well, wait a second. If I go to work myself as a PT and I perform poorly for four to six months, it could cost me my job too. So like it, it's really for if you're a student, student athlete, right? Maybe you perform poorly for an entire semester and then you lose your scholarship. Um, so yeah, that, that's a really good point about the, the energy level. Yeah. Take a B12 supplement. <laughs> it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, essential amino acids, Um, because this is one of the the big points I think we brought up on our previous podcast of with some of these, it's almost impossible to get them if you're not eating um, a traditional American diet, I guess we can call it. Um, But can you like give us like a a quick short explanation of what these are and um, how people who are vegan can have access to them? Yeah. So protein is built up of amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein. And there are approximately 20 of them that are used to make like the human body. So the essential amino acids are the ones that we need to get from diet. Assuming that you're not pregnant, there's, I believe, nine. Don't quote me on this. I could be a little bit off, but there's nine for most people. And I think also for children, it's a little bit different. But regardless, if we're talking about adults, there's nine essential amino acids. And the rest of those amino acids are considered non-essential. And that means that your body can make them itself. You don't, It doesn't need you to eat them. Hmm. So what's interesting is that vegans don't actually have to think too much about getting the essential amino acids. In the past, we used to think that people had to combine foods, like combine one food that's high in certain essential amino acids with another food that's high in different essential amino acids so that within the context of one meal or snack, you're getting a full array of all nine. But what we learned later, and I think that was actually in the 80s that we realized this, that you don't necessarily have to eat complementary amino acids in the same meal or snack. You just have to eat them within some point in the same day. So as long as you're eating enough protein, you will be getting all of the essential amino acids that you need. And as long as your diet is varied. So when I'm talking about a varied vegan diet, I'm talking about you're not cutting things out. Like you're not cutting out soy, for example, unless of course you have an allergy, then that's different but you're not cutting out soy. You're not cutting out nuts and seeds because um, some people will do that because they think that they're too high in fat. Um, you're not cutting out carbohydrates, like things like bread, things like pasta, things like whole grains, because those have some complementary amino acids as well. So yeah, you really want your diet to include all of the vegan foods, not not just picking and choosing which ones. Like really the healthiest vegans are the ones that eat the biggest variety. Mm, okay got you so it's you can get them all as long as you consume everything that you can under the vegan umbrella and not excluding further things exactly got you okay 
Hmm. Do you do you find out? Because the the other thing that I read is just um, you know, if you want to get this amount of protein, let's say you know, um, this is the off season. Uh, my strength and conditioning um, coach wants me to gain like ten pounds of muscle, right? So I have to eat a little bit more, more protein, um, more, more of this, more carbs, more stuff. Now, would you say like the amount of, I guess, the macronutrient that you will need, would you say is uh, the volume of food, I guess, you will need to eat is less if it was like uh, if you had meat? Or would you say um, if uh, as a vegan, you need to eat a lot more quantity of food to get the same amount of calories and the same amount of protein? What do you think? typically will have to eat a larger volume of food Hmm. to get the same amount of energy. Yes. Okay. And that that doesn't necessarily present as a problem, but it can. And what I find, honestly, is that where it tends to present as a problem is when people are trying to trying to lose weight that that's when it can become an issue because they're trying to limit what they're eating they're trying to eat like low fat and i don't know yeah they're limiting what they're eating and so that in that type of a situation yeah it can become wait yeah harder to get all of the nutrients that you need But if you're not trying to lose weight, which I don't recommend, I honestly don't, I don't recommend in general, trying to lose weight as a soccer player. Um, It's not good for your mental health, typically not good for your performance, but regardless, um, yeah, you you will have to eat a larger volume on a vegan diet typically. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Does that answer the question? No, no, that did. So basically we, we, you, um, let's talk about like, if you're on a vegan diet and, uh, generally you, you have to eat a lot more food than someone who is, uh, I guess the standard diet. Um, definitely. And if you're trying to gain more muscle, then that means a little bit more food. Uh, now I'm trying to f- figure out if this is something that's hard to do. Cause I, I'm thinking about it for me, right? I have a trainer the trainer wants, I told the trainer, I want to gain 10 pounds of muscle and he's telling me to eat more. But the problem is, I'm not hungry. <laughs> so, it's, it's really, like, I'm not hungry. And he's telling me to eat more. So I'm like, ah, oh, man, like I'm full. Like, I don't want to eat anymore. Yeah. And so you I, know what? I think this is a common problem that, that some of my athletes have. And this is, this is my kind of my own philosophy or take on it. But I think sometimes you have to question, why is it that you want to gain this muscle mass? You know what I mean? It's like, are you trying to become more effective on the field or are you simply trying to gain X amount of muscle mass for the sake of it? Because they, it doesn't necessarily lead to increases in performance. Like if you're trying to trying to equate weight or even body composition with performance, that's a tough thing to do. It's like, oh, uh, and I think the reason that that I that I like to talk about this is because Athletes in general, including soccer players, have increased risk of disordered eating. 
And so often what that looks like, it depends, like it presents itself often differently in people of different genders, but a lot of male soccer players, I find, feel a lot of pressure to like have like bigger legs or whatever, like a larger muscle mass. But that goal in and of itself, it's like if your body wasn't necessarily meant to be at that weight, you're going to find yourself forcing yourself to eat a lot more food than you actually want to eat. And you're going to have to do that for a very long period of time. Like, because it's it's not natural for your body to be at that weight. And you can often get the same performance increases depending on what you're looking for. If you're looking for speed, if you're looking for strength, stamina, like there's training and eating that you can do that will support those things that doesn't necessarily also involve a concurrent increase in mass. Oh yeah. So what I meant was um, usually when you, if, if you're trying to get faster, stronger, um, there's a period where you, you, you have to undergo hypertrophy, right? And f- for that to happen, uh, nutrition needs to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, just thinking about it, I just think about all the food that you know, a, a vegan athlete will have to eat to support that hypertrophy. Cause if you're not eating it, you're not going to reach it. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I was going with this, just, just, just eating more food. And I feel like it can be a big inconvenience. <laughs> just thinking about myself and how much I need to eat, uh, a, yes. a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. That's, be. that's where I was going with this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And it can be a huge inconvenience to <laughs> to force yourself to eat when you're not hungry. But yeah, like the little tricks you can do is like eating things that are very nutritionally dense. And because I'm so used to working with vegan uh-huh. athletes, it'll be things like you can add nut butter, like a tablespoon of nut butter um, has quite a bit of energy in it. And it's really small. It doesn't take up that much room in your stomach. It doesn't fill you up that much. But it, get, it packs a lot of punch. Mm. Um, things like soy milk. I'm a huge fan of soy milk. And even like chocolate soy milk is a post-workout recovery beverage because it's got the carbo- It's got that perfect three-to-one ratio of carbohydrates to protein. It tastes amazing. It's a liquid, so it's super easy to drink. It tastes good. I think I said that twice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, uh, there's, there are things that you can certainly do. If, if you need to get more energy in you and you're struggling with that, it's like you want to go for things that are easy. Like liquids are really easy to take down, can be easier than like chewing on a whole bunch of, I don't know, carrots. I know that's not a great example. It's not something that you would typically do to gain mass. But um, if you're having to eat large, large volumes of foods that don't have that much energy in them, that's going to be way more difficult when you're like eating tons and tons of vegetables and not enough carbohydrates and protein rich foods and fat rich foods. Got it. Hmm. Okay, cool. Um, Berg, I'm I'm running out of questions for for veganism, but I do have one question about um, disordered eating. Actually, um, I wanted to check in with you to see if there's any other questions you have about veganism before we. No, maybe... that's uh, she answered all my all the stuff that I I wanted to know. Okay, um, so cool, that's good, nice. Um, yeah, we we honestly haven't touched on the topic of disordered eating at all, really. Um, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about what should coaches or or physios or athletic trainers, what should we be on the lookout? Because we spend a lot of time with these guys. And honestly, I have no idea what, what to look for when it comes to that kind of stuff. Wow, that's a really good question. It's funny because I'm so used to talking with people about their diets that for me to spot it is so easy. But if you're not necessarily talking about food, 
that might be more difficult to catch because I think there's a misconception out there that disordered eating or eating disorders are associated with a certain body type or even a certain gender. Hmm. And that's not, that's not at all how you spot it. Like certainly if somebody like loses a whole bunch of weight in a short period of time, or even gains a whole bunch of weight in a short period of time, either of those can potentially be indicative that they're struggling with their relationship with food. But gosh, there's a bunch of things and I think it really depends. And it's like, listen, you could have some of these symptoms, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're struggling with disordered eating, right? Mm, Like, so things like feeling self-conscious about the way that their body looks, like either thinking that they need to gain weight or lose weight in order to be attractive or in order to be good at soccer that is a, a, like a red flag. Um, another one is body dysmorphia, which people don't, and especially men, I find they don't necessarily talk about. But when they're unhappy with the way that their body currently looks, which that in and of itself isn't necessarily a sign, but combined with trying to do something to change it, that might be a sign. Um, if someone, if someone is like, if you notice that they're not eating, if you just see that someone's not eating that much or they're trying to eat super like quote unquote clean, that Mm. can be another sign too. Like they're never eating, like say that you go out for pizza or pasta or donuts together as a team. And this person is avoiding eating those foods. Like, listen, if you have a vegan on your team and they're (laughs) they're going with the vegan version that's different but if they're just not eating anything or they're they're eating like a salad or something that that's a potential sign as well um it honestly like the way that i that it manifests most for me is and in men specifically like i I don't know why i'm talking because soccer is a game that's played by men and women i guess both of you are men so i'm like talking a lot about that but i'll talk about it in both genders or like all, all genders, because it's not just men, it's not just women or non-binary people. It's like everybody who's at risk for this. But um, yeah, so where I often see it in men is when they come to me as a dietitian and they're like, I, they're coming to see a dietitian specifically so that they can put on muscle mass. That is like my number one sign that it's like, okay, I need to screen this person. Mm-hmm. Because Anytime that you're eating in a way to modify the way that your body looks or to modify your body composition, it's like that in and of itself can be a sign. It doesn't necessarily, but it can be a sign. Um, And then often women will usually manifest that more when they're talking about the desire to lose weight. They'll, they'll often talk about it more in that way. So it's like it, it affects different people in different ways, depending on kind of the societal expectations around like what an ideal body looks like for someone of that gender. And then for people who are non-binary or people who are transgender, for example, they actually might experience that to a heightened sense because their body might not look the way that we would like a cis body might look. And that's kind mm. of the, I don't know, the, the norm or what, you know, what's, I don't want to say the norm. That's not the right word that I'm looking for, but it's, we live in a heteronormative society. I don't know. It's okay. We, we get, we get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's deep. I like that. That's, 
and it's good that I guess you guys are screening for these types of behaviors and are able to differentiate like I want to lose weight because XYZ versus something that's like a lot more serious. Definitely. Yeah. You definitely have to figure out like, what is the person's underlying goal? Like, why do you want to do this? And often what I will tell people is that if your goal is in improved performance or having more energy, there are so, or, or even improving your health, there are so many things that we can do that have nothing to do with your weight. that are going to help you to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to convince people of that. But sometimes people just need to hear it from somebody else. And if they trust that person, then hopefully they'll listen and take it from there. Yeah. There's a good book called um, Anti-Diet by Christy Harrison. Um, She's a registered dietitian who works a lot with disordered eating as well. And I tend to recommend it to just about all of the athletes that I work with because, yeah, athletes are at increased risk of eating disorders. And I just like them to be aware of ways in which they might manifest. And I think reading this book can help a lot of people determine like, is my relationship with food and my body a healthy one? And it's, it's a good read. And what I like about recommending this as a book to people is that it's going to take me hours to like go into all of the depth and the science on this topic. Whereas if in between sessions, you're kind of doing your own reading on this topic, and then we can come back and develop further. It's so much easier for me to talk to you about that. Mm -hmm. Got it. Cool. Yeah, that was that was nice. That was, I think, a a very informative episode where we we both definitely learned a lot. Um, And this is way better than the previous podcast (laughs) about about veganism. I will tell you that much. Berg, did you have a question about collagen as well? Um. Yeah. Yeah. But you mentioned uh, earlier that the recovery that there people seem to recover. a lot faster, if not the same on a, on a vegan, on a vegan diet than a standard diet. But yeah, so, so I heard, so this whole idea came when, um, Cam Newton was injured. Cam Newton is a quarterback for, um, I guess he was a quarterback for, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting for the New England Patriot. But before that he was a quarterback for, um, where was he? He was North on Carolina. Panthers, 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 North Carolina Panthers. Um, he, ever since he had that injury, um, he, he switched to uh, veganism and he's been battling with injury for forever. Um, now he's just finally at a point where he's healthy. But before that, it was just like repeated injury. Injury couldn't heal um, properly. So then uh, people started coming in and say, uh, hey, listen, it's, it's just you're not getting in the, uh, the, the nutrient that you need on on, ve- on on the vegan diet. You're not getting the collagen, all that stuff that's good for recovery you're not getting those now is this uh is this true or is this just a uh i guess a fad i guess that's actually such a great question because when it comes to collagen specifically what's interesting okay first of all you people like no one needs to supplement collagen vegans non-vegans you don't need to do that your body can actually produce it itself Mm, and if you make sure that you're eating enough vitamin c which isn't that hard to do it just involves eating like some sort of fruit or vegetables every day and you're more or less going to be meeting your vitamin c needs 
And that is going to make sure that you're producing all the collagen you need. And like, I think there's another one too that I can't remember, but you just want to make sure you're not having any deficiencies. But vitamin C is really important for making sure that you produce enough collagen. Mm -hmm. But regarding like someone who's getting injured a lot after going vegan, that might mean that he's under fueling. And under fueling is one of the number one reasons why an athlete might get injured. And also number the one number one reasons why an athlete's performance might suffer. And that's why I talk so much about disordered eating, because anything that somebody is doing that is potentially making it difficult for them to eat enough, like any time where somebody risks not eating enough food to support the amount of physical activity that they're doing, that can increase their risk of injuries and that can negatively affect their performance. So if his going vegan, and I don't know his specific situation, of course, but but if in his particular case, he ended up eating a lot less calories and didn't necessarily know how to replace those foods so that he's getting enough and getting all the nutrients that he needs, it's possible that his vegan diet was related to that because it wasn't well-planned. It also could just be really bad luck. Let's just say that he was getting the nutrients that he needs and these things just happen to coincide. Like sometimes you get one injury and then that affects other parts of your body and you get more injuries and you feel discouraged. I don't know. It's hard to say, but yeah, you want to make sure you're not under fueling. Okay. So it's, it's more about under fueling than anything else. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much what you said earlier about making sure that you get enough energy into you and yeah, you might have to eat a larger volume of food and that's okay. It's okay if you're eating more than other people. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, Tara, thank you so much for coming on the yes. show. Um, thank you. Really appreciate you coming on. We do have one question that we always ask at the end of each episode that we have a guest on. If you could send a concise message to, let's say, any athlete who is vegan or is considering going vegan, what would that message be? Oh. Question. That you can absolutely go vegan as an athlete and experience at least the same performance that you were experiencing before. And make sure that you your diet is well planned and that you know how to get all those nutrients. Love it. That's perfect. Perfect. Um, thank you so much. Where can the people find you if they have questions or they want to, uh, link up with you for whatever reason? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at vegan.sports.nutrition. And that's mainly it. That's the main place that you can find me. Okay. I appreciate you having me. Thank Thank you so much. This was really fun. Yeah, this, this was, was uh, this was very informative for me. I learned a lot about um, now. I understand why um, you know people get uh, people are like that for with when, with veganism because it's not just the diet part. There's a diet component, and then there is also the ideology and and component as well. So that's now I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, it's a lot. There we go. Well, hope you have a great rest of your evening. And listeners, we will see you all next week. All right. Peace out, guys. Bye.